This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, y'all, it's Stefan calling from uh, St. Paul, Minnesota once again. Uh, I, I'm in desperate need of some advice. So I uh, have a new boyfriend who is wonderful. Uh, however, he is not a horror fan. Uh, the, other, the other day he was going through my movie collection, and he said, Ew, when he looked at the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, uh, cover, which I say ew to that movie for a plethora of other reasons. <laughs> uh, anyways, so uh, I really want to kind of introduce him to some of my favorites. Uh, he does enjoy the Scream series and uh, some of the older Stephen King adaptations like The Shining and Carrie and whatnot. Uh, so I guess my question is, have you been in uh, similar situations with either partners or friends that maybe were not big horror fans and, you know, how did you go about that or did you? Uh, I have introduced many of my friends to uh, horror movies and gotten them to at least appreciate some of what I like, if not if not be, you know, big fans. Uh, yeah, so anyways, I'd love some sound advice and keep up the great work. Bye. Thanks, Stefan. I, I'm going to defer this one. No! Because I don't... Well, okay, fine. I'll go first. I don't have an answer. That's why. So I've been with my wife for a long time, and she's a horror movie fan. She's more along, like, U2's level of Saw Exorcist when she was, like, seven, sort. Like, she had the aunt and uncle that showed her the horror movies super early. And so she's always had that. She's not a massive horror movie fan, but like I've said before, around Halloween, she's like, let's watch movies, and I'll get into that later. And if stuff comes out, she's like, yeah, let's check that out. Sure. 
but she's not huge. Like she doesn't watch obviously near as many horror movies as, as I watch in a week. And I still don't watch as many as like Megan's, you know, watch in a week. So I've never really had to deal with it as, for like a partner because I didn't really even get into horror until a lot later in life. And I don't have, I can't think of very many friends that I have that like horror movies, at least not to my level or that I ever talked to. So I've just gotten used to not talking to people about it. Aww. So like, some neighbors of mine found out that I do like horror podcasts and like, oh, I heard you do horror podcasts. Like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, I don't really like horror. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it doesn't really bother me. It's yeah. like, I get it. It doesn't, I don't need to try. I, I don't try and force horror on people because it's a really quick way to get people to really hate horror. Mm-hmm. And it's so subjective. It's like comedy trying to listen to like, oh, it's my favorite stand-up comedian. And then they're like, this is terrible. Yeah. Like, it's just subjective. <laughs> um, so I don't have a good answer. I apologize. I wish I did. But I'm sure Megan or Zena has a better story. I'm excited. So Zena, you first. Oh, oh no, Megan first. Oh no, I was like, I'm excited <laughs> yeah, she... to hear Zena's answer. Okay, Zena first. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh well, first, Stefan, congratulations on your new boo. Yeah, we, we love that for you. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I feel like this is something I experience all the time. So besides from like my immediate family, um, like brothers, sisters, like my mom. <clears throat> They love horror, so we can just talk about it all the time. Um, but there are a lot of my friends and even some family members, cousins and stuff, they're not big fans at all. And then um, I told you guys with my with my husband, like, he's not, he isn't like the biggest horror fan. Like, he'll watch it. But luckily, he's a fan of films. So, you know, I'm able to get him in that way where it's like, all right, you can get him with a great storyline or filming wise, you know what I mean? So, so that's fine. But friend wise or, or family wise, I try to go based on what I know that they like. Like I have a friend, he's really into like mainstream thrillers, sometimes horror. Like obviously he's probably going to go check out the new Halloween movie for sure. He's going to check it out. He's going to check out the new screen movie, but anything like in between that doesn't make it to theaters and stuff like that, he doesn't want to watch it. Well, I remember, and this is no judgment here, okay? But he's actually a big fan of Annabelle, the first one. Ah. Mm. Uh. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it had me thinking, um, or, or whatever, uh, even with today, I tweeted about Mario Bava because I thought about him. And I recommended that he check out the movie um, from 77, Shock, directed by Mario Bava, because there's a particular scene that I think that they were inspired by, uh-huh. you know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just kind of like after I recommend him checking that movie out, he loved it. He went on his own and he watched like Mario Baba movies and then he checked out Italian horror movies on his own. So sometimes it works out like that. But then sometimes there are some people where I only they only want like recommendations for like the mainstream stuff or around this spooky time. And sometimes you just can't. I was going to say. You can't save them, but you can't help them. You know what I mean? You got to just let people, you know, find their own path type of thing. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it it doesn't. Like they'll be open to check some stuff out. But like John said, I I definitely agree. You don't want to like force it on someone because then they'll just hate it. And or they'll go in being like a sourpuss. You know, who wants Mm -hmm. that? So, yeah. Exactly. 
All right, Megan, live up to that one. Live up to that one. Uh, no. I mean, the, the I think we're all in consensus is that you cannot force horror on somebody. You have yeah. to know their limits and adjust accordingly. And in Stefan's case, it sounds like there's plenty of common ground. So you just work off of that and find similar things without, you know, pushing them too far and letting them go mm-hmm. at their own speed. That's all you can do. Uh, I mean, horror is life, so I don't really care you know, like I, I have friends, luckily, that love horror. I don't know anybody that loves horror as much as me <laughs> in my oh, life, in my personal sure. circle. So I'm okay <laughs> with that. I think it's been a, a lifelong thing of, you know, accepting myself. Um, but yeah, I think that in other ways, having somebody that doesn't love the movies or your interest on the same level is actually healthy. Um, I think it can be a healthy way of kind of challenging you um, for growth. It might cause you to re-examine what it is and why it is that you love certain movies. Um, And sometimes that strengthens, you know, what it is that you love about it. And sometimes it's like, no, you're right. And you look at it in a different way. So Having mm-hmm. somebody in your life, like your partner, significant other, boyfriend, spouse, whatever, that doesn't have the same interests is actually a good thing. You know, opposites attract. So, you know, it sounds like there's enough there that you can have shared experiences, but then there's enough there where you can have really fun dialogue about these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be more like it can be more like event situations. Like if you like classic stephen king like midnight mass yeah like you can you can totally see those transitions in the way that more and more horror movie directors are coming out there and they're showing their love and their passion for the history of horror right you know like james wan with giallo and 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 mike planning with stephen king most everybody was stephen king at some point or another but like there are those threads and then if they really like a certain performance mm-hmm. like oh if you liked him in this why let's check out this maybe you'll like this yeah, but trying to push a, a round peg into a square hole is more like uh, just see what they like, work with that, and, you know, just if nothing else, just enjoy those opportunities that you can share with each other. Mm-hmm. And other beyond that, it's like, yeah, live your own lives, yeah. too. That's also really good to just to have that separation. <laughs> That's important. My wife will watch Grey's Anatomy and, and Scandal and all that other stuff, and I'll watch horror movies in action or whatever. And, and once in a while, we'll find something in the middle and yeah that works too yeah awesome stuff great question welcome to the bloody disgusting podcast everyone the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world and to discuss the disgusting you know her as lead movie critic for bloody disgusting horror movie fanatic and journalist megan navarro hey megan hello and you know her from her youtube channel and website real queen of horror and her infinite love for the genre zena dixon hey zena I was gonna say hi ho but then that yo came. Then it was out. like Pirates of the Caribbean, yo ho, Pirates Life for Zena. And I'm John. If you look, if you listen to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're gonna do our quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now, like the fact that it's October. Yeah. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? I checked out The Manor on Amazon Prime. It was just released this year in 2021. So I told you guys about this movie last week that it was being released. It's a part of the Welcome to Blumhouse series. And mm-hmm. I've been having so much fun with these. They're just so great and spooky. Okay, so after <laughs> suffering a mouth stroke, 
Judith reluctantly, reluctantly, Jesus, help me, moves into a historic nursing home. Take, take the wheel. You upgraded take from John? <laughs> to, oh, you yes. weren't helping. You weren't helping enough. She had to go. Evidently. Higher help power. Me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I had to find somebody else. Nursing home where she becomes convinced a supernatural force is killing the residents. So I really enjoyed this movie. It felt like a made-for-TV 70s. 80s type of movie you know just gave me that vibe and I feel like it's very sophisticated and it has like a lot of style and I really enjoyed like the performances so basically this woman uh, she suffers from a stroke and then three months later she insists on moving into this historic like elderly care and this place is really gorgeous it looks really nice you know and she has this saying because she kind of feels like she doesn't want her family to see her become a certain way like when she's when she feels like she's going downhill. So she'd rather them not see her or have to deal with that. I get and that. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's really sad, you know? Um, and she, but honestly, she looks great. Like her health is great. I mean, minus having that, you know, that stroke, but you know, it's fine. And she has a really close relationship with her grandson, uh, Josh, he's 17. And um, he's the only one that seems to have a problem with it. Like he really doesn't want her to be, you know, at that facility. He doesn't feel like she belongs there, especially after seeing like her roommate, but his mom, who's uh, her daughter. Yeah. She, it's like, she kind of didn't care. Just being honest with you. She didn't care. <laughs> she didn't try to like talk her out of it. And it's such a weird relationship because I don't feel like there's hate that there that's there, but it does feel like there's some type of like resentment that she has with um, the relationship that the son has with the grandmother because their father, you know, died. So her husband died. And then after that, like the grandma and the grandson, they just became closer. So it's like the mom seems to have like a issue or some type of jealousy towards it. Um, so anyway, uh, immediately being there, there are these like really weird rules that she's just not like vibing with. So they take away her cell phone. They don't want her to walk around like the facility, like outside of the facility by herself. And basically, even when it comes with the nurses or the, or the staff that work there, some of them are great. Some of them are really nice. And then some of them, not so much. They talk to them like children, you know, um, and she's like settling in okay. Like she met these three lively people. They have a lot of personality. They're a lot of fun. And then uh, with her roommate, you know, she has like these night terrors and she's, you know, I don't know if you guys ever witnessed someone actually having like night terrors. Like it's pretty scary, you know, seeing something yeah, it's like that. Tough. Yeah. yeah. So it's understandable. Like she was worried about her, but then she also sees like this creature that's hovering over her roommate, you know, uh, it gave me wicker man vibes. So Ooh. it's, it's really just like a dark but magical movie um I don't know like and then obviously from there people are telling her you're dreaming and she's terrified which is understandable can you imagine seeing something like that and again from then on there it's like she's trying to prove to people that she's telling the truth they're telling her that oh no that you have dementia I mean it's in the synopsis so it's not really a spoiler but yeah <laughs> um the point is I really did enjoy it and stuff like that um so yeah if you want to check out something that's a little bit you know well that is recent i highly recommend this one i had a lot of fun with it then nice. the next thing i checked out um i watched the made for tv horror dark night of the scarecrow from 1981 so i watched Tubi. this yesterday on tv you did? Too. i did yeah 
it's just so great. This was like my second time watching this. Um, but basically, there's this man. He's, it's just, it's a really sad, sad movie. It's a horror, but but it's sad. Yeah. So um, strange occurrences plague a group of these men who basically, they wrongly accuse this guy of harming this young girl. And ultimately, they kill him. Like, brutally. It's horrible. And um, obviously, I already, I think I told you guys this, but I really love made-for-TV horror movies. Mm -hmm. So um, I just like to remind you all the time. But yeah, I feel like compared to, you know, obviously other horror movies, this one is a little bit tame. But at the same time, I still feel like it's very much still effective. Especially for it to be, um, like, the year that it came out. It's an old movie. But... It has like such a creepy feel to it, and you know who am I to den- like deny a creepy story and revenge and scarecrows? So yeah, there's just a lot of like creepy things going on, and again, like it still holds up. The acting is great. I really love like the cinematography, and like, the score is awesome. Very very memorable. Doctor Giggles, Larry Drake. That's yeah, Doctor Giggles. Oh my God, he's so amazing in this movie. It's it's horrible. What it's a Halloween to... movie too. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna movie. say that. So if you want something spooky, spooky, or Halloween themed movie, um, I recommend this. Plus, that the director he actually wrote um, Audrey Rose and the Entity. So you already know it's gonna be just awesome he, sauce. He likes the creepy. Yes, but yeah. So that's that's what I checked out, Megan. Uh, I introduced a crowd at an Alamo draft house to the loved ones on Friday. Fancy pants. (laughs) (laughs) I know the programmer, he went out on, uh, he was, he went on vacation and asked me to fill in. And this is what I programmed. Um, And I was surprised because I thought for sure that, you know, it would be something that most of the, the, the attendees had seen before. But I thought, hey, it's not something that really ever had a proper theatrical release, so at least that'll make it worthwhile. But I was very happy to know that at least half of that audience didn't had never seen it before. Um, you can watch it on Prime. It uh, was first released in 2009, uh, and then again in 2012 when it switched uh, distribution. I think that that's when it started to gain steam. And it is Sean Burns' first horror movie before he did the devil's candy and it follows a teen who just dealt with he's six months into a horrible loss and turns down uh classmate lola and she is <laughs> really not happy about getting turned down for the the school dance and so she you know gets her daddy to help her you know get revenge and it's basically like uh you know, it's been described as misery meets pretty in pink. Uh, I think that's a little underselling it a little bit. It's it's pretty twisted, and I that's underselling it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's underselling it. It's it's pretty twisted. I you know, I think that this one's more brutal than Devil's Candy. You know, I think Devil's Candy is definitely Ooh. softer because of the family element, and this one's a bit meaner. Uh, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I love it. And I was very happy to get to see it on the big screen with a very receptive audience who, uh, you know, was really into it. And then I watched, uh, another favorite of mine, I guess I, you know, I popped onto Criterion channel, thought I was going to watch something new that I hadn't seen before. And instead I, I rewatched the lure again. Uh, 
it came out in 2015 and its plot it is set in a warsaw 80s cabaret style nightclub uh, where a pair of mermaid sisters come ashore they get adopted into a cabaret one seeks love with one of the humans and uh the other feasts on flesh so i love this it's kind of uh one that you can't really classify it's definitely musical it's definitely dark fantasy it's definitely a little bit horror uh borrows heavily from the grim origins of the little mermaid but adds its own kind of 80s nightclub twist to it this is one of my absolute favorites in the world so it was a nice comfort watch awesome i watch so much stuff this week so there are noises behind me that are now officially freaking me out because there are never noises behind me when i record Uh i'm just getting scared it's, it's probably the little gremlins I would think so. I think they're upstairs, though, unless one of them is just, like, tapping on the door to mess with me. It's, which, maybe. It could be. It could be. Or it could be because I've, I'm actually watching more horror movies now. You're spooking yourself out. You I probably am. Aww. I'm getting into the Final Destination series. Yeah. I only ever watched the first one, but now all of them are on HBO, and I think I'm up to three right now. Um, yeah, and just a, so many others. Scream the ones i'm about to talk about like the one i've been waiting the longest for 2021's vhs 94 on shutter yay i'm the last of us to see it no <laughs> it's still brand yeah. new you're doing, it is still brand new you're doing a great job and i have seen it three times now oh wow wow yeah. <laughs> well it, it it's good background just to have on although i'm going to talk about that in a second okay a police SWAT team investigates about a mysterious VHS tape and discovers a sinister cult that's pre-recorded material which uncovers a nightmarish conspiracy. Uh, this is my favorite wraparound. Yeah. But it's still close with VHS 1. I still am okay with VHS 1. Like, as far as that wraparound is concerned, because it doesn't give you any answers. It's just these just horrible human beings doing something horrible. And then getting caught with or stuck with the tapes. Now, this one actually makes the most sense, I would argue, because they actually kind of explain what's going on mm-hmm. by the end. Like, oh, okay, I get it. Uh, it's definitely the campiest. To me, at least, like all of them are very intentionally 90s, like VHS style filming. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil. First of all, go, go to Shutter. <laughs> so good, it's scary. And sign up because you should be on Shutter anyway. Mm-hmm. But I, I really like it, and I've been going back and forth. There's four bit or there's four um, segments, and the order that I've I like them has changed. I think with each viewing, at oh, least wow. a little bit. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So the the first time I watched it, I would have ranked it lowest to highest. One, two, three, four. Okay. Which is f- because for some reason I could not remember what the first one was. Mm. When I was trying to remember after I watched it, I could not remember it. And then it switched, I think, to one, three, four. And now I think it's two, or no, it, then it was two, one, four, three. <laughs> that three was my favorite. Now I'm pretty sure that four is my favorite. Mm. Okay. One is my second favorite. 
three is my third and two is my least favorite. Until the next time. What? Exactly. <laughs> See, no. but two. So here's the problem with two. And, and I know this is going to drive people nuts that haven't seen it. So you have to go see it now mm-hmm. to understand what I'm talking about. So the problem and, and the I've been watching it largely as background. So I feel like I have to be missing something with the second one. Because the second one doesn't feel complete to me. Like the the setup, fine. The ending, sure. But everything in the middle seemed like I'm missing something. And I feel like I need to watch it again and actually like watch, watch it. I feel like we should and talk maybe about my... this one as in a bonus. So we can just Yeah, maybe we should. I, I will totally talk about this in a bonus. Absolutely. Yeah. On Patreon. Patreon.com slash be disgusting pod. <laughs> And I think two eventually jumped up there for me because it's also very like WNUF Halloween, like just a cheesy nineties news segment type thing. And the no spoilers, I suppose, creature design. You're talking about one, not two. Of one. Yeah, of one. Okay. And the creature design of one is awesome. Like that one actually really sold me hard. Like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that actually really impressed me. And I really liked 3 because of a found footage movie that I'm about to cut out. So nobody else hears this because I don't want to ruin it for anybody. I'm surprised that you like that one because it is more body-ish. Because I liked those movies that I just referenced that were cut out that nobody heard at this moment. Uh, because of that, okay. it's hard watch. It's unsettling to me, but there, it, it also, it wasn't as clean to me as the other ones, like on later viewings. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one just works just because I didn't know what the hell was going on, which is a point. You don't know what the hell is going on through the majority of it. And then you're all of a sudden like, that's kind of awesome. And how did it get to this point? And the payoff is so good. And Yeah. I'm very happy. VHS 94. I'm okay. So since we've all seen it, what's your favorite VHS movie? Honestly, I think that, uh, if we're going by overall, it's probably this one is the most consistent across the board for me. I agree because there's some of them. I don't even remember. (laughs) Yeah, and we just revisited all of them. Yeah, we just did the deep. Like the like, I agree. One Mm -hmm. and two have standout segments, but across the board, this is pretty high. I agree. I'm very happy with this. It makes me want to write a spec script for VHS 95. (laughs) Hire me, guys. (laughs) Please, I know a guy. Let me be a dead body. Oh, that is a pitch. Oh, I will write this, and your payment for me is just make me let me be a dead body. Got it. Got it. We got it. That's it. I will. I will oh, That's yeah. That's all he wants in life is to be a dead body well, in a horror movie. Well, technically, if I write a feature, I get in the Screen Actors Guild, too. So there's down there's down road benefits. There Anywho. you go. VHS 94. Go check it out on Shutter. Then I watched, and I watched this one with my wife, No One Gets Out Alive on Netflix, <laughs> which has already been talked about, but I'll do my quick little thing. An immigrant in search of the American dream who, after being forced to take a room in a boarding house, finds herself in a nightmare she can't escape. 
this was not at all what I expected or my wife, really, because the trailer doesn't. I don't know. That's what I'm really. saying. The trailer looks like a dull haunted house movie. It, it is. And I was thinking from the description, from the description alone, I was thinking his house. Mm-hmm. And then the trailer was like a haunted house movie, but it's way more. Yes. Now, I really, really liked it except for the CGI. I did not like the CGI. But without spoilers, the concept of the CGI was very unsettling and fascinating to me. And the scares themselves are really good. It is very unnerving. And it's such a great way to be like, yeah, she's got no choice. Mm -hmm. There is no other option between money and weather and and everything. There is no other option. She is stuck there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good one. I totally recommend it. It is not what the trailer suggests. Uh, it's, it's got layers, but it works, it works surface level too, Mm -hmm. without really digging into any of the political or societal or anything else like that. Just the characters and their interactions, like totally works. It was really good. I was impressed. I'm really glad you guys mentioned it. Have any of you, I'm sorry, have any of you read the book? No, it's uh, based in England. I looked it up. It was yeah. based in England, and it didn't. Ha- I don't think it had anything to do with immigration either. No, uh, I'm not sure how they stay in the house. I did speak with um, the director, and he mm-hmm. he did say that the script because he, he read the book, he wrote in the book, he knew right away that there were going to be changes, mm-hmm. you know, to, mm-hmm. to, but they thematically still fit with the book. Sure. So yeah. the overall plot, the the the. The broad strokes of what's going on and what happens. Right. But they, you know, yeah. they tweak it. And, you know, I don't think it does. It, it works. You get both. Yeah. And did you happen to catch the tiny little uh, ritual reference at the beginning? I don't know mm-hmm. if I did. Yeah, it's on the TV. It's, it's a, oh, is it? Yeah. It's oh, it's a I reference to the, the hikers that go missing. and Nice. So, yeah. Maybe giving us gems. I thought it was a brilliant adaptation because even if people want to complain about like, oh, it's about immigrants or to just being jackasses about fiction. Yeah, but it's not. It's it sounds way more socially like thriller than it is. Than it is. It's not. It's really just how are we going to trap this girl in a house right. <laughs> so she has no other options, and they do it really perfectly. It, which is the biggest conceit of any haunted house movie. Why are they in the house? I feel like you are saying what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's it's probably it's arguably the perfect, the most perfectly done reason for a person to be in a haunted house when they know better. Yeah, this isn't her not knowing better. Yeah, she's even like this sucks. <laughs> she wants out. She can't. Yeah. Yeah, no choice. So, excellent movie. Totally recommend. And then, as a palate cleanser. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch from 1982 on, I think this was AMC+. Kids all over America want silver shamrock masks for Halloween. Dr. Daniel Chalice seeks to uncover a plot by silver shamrock owner Connell Cochran. Which, I forgot how bananas this movie is. It is start to finish. I think my wife was telling me, and we watched this because... We have AMC Plus, so all the Halloween movies are on there except for Halloween. I think with the exception of 2018's Halloween, but it might be on there too. And 
we're like, oh, we should like marathon it. Like if we, if we want to hit Halloween kills on Halloween, when do we have to start watching the other ones? And they're like, well, we don't want to watch the Rob Zombie ones. We're not really big fans of that. I'm like, I don't really need to see Resurrection. <laughs> and so we, we actually started picking stuff apart. And then she's like, well, let's watch Halloween 3 because she didn't want to at first, but then it kind of got in her head because she hadn't seen it for a long time. And she's a massive Halloween fan. I think Halloween's her favorite horror movie. Aww. And what a right to, or left turn Halloween 3 is. First of all, the stones a person's got to have to go that route after two Michael Myers movies to suddenly be like, yeah, that's a movie within this movie is crazy. I don't know what was going on at that writer's meeting room meeting or the network like press or the 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 film company present. It's crazy. Plus it switches genres like four times. There's one point it switches to erotica, then it switches to sci-fi. Oh yeah, when they're in the motel, it get it goes softcore real quick for no reason at all. Like I don't remember it going softcore. It's yeah, I don't weird. Remember that scene? <laughs> There's two scenes. Like first of all, he is a horrible person. I forgot what a bad, he's a bad dad for basically abandoning his kids to randomly follow this woman to investigate what happened to her for no reason. It doesn't set up why he wants to, except for the fact that he wants to have sex with her. Wait. And even when he's a. He's a bad dad because he wants to have sex with somebody? No, he abandons his children who he was supposed to have over the weekend. Oh. That he's done multiple times before and he has promised them over and over again, yeah, I got him this Saturday. And then he calls him on a payphone, lying that he's in a motel or has to go to a motel. He's got a six pack on top of it before he rolls off with her. The first thing that happens when they do finally get to the hotel is all of a sudden she's sexually attracted to him and they have to have sex, which was a, like, I don't even know where that came from. And then there's this random scene where she's just laying there in a Ted. It's, uh, <laughs> it is bananas. This movie is just straight bananas from beginning to end. John the conceit has- of all. Feelings with a capital F on this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 have I been... guess he just, you know, he wanted to make his own stamp. I, you know, the director. I don't know because I, wasn't he really part know. of the first one? Some I don't remember what he did, but craft services. I don't know. <laughs> it was crazy. Not, not that he's not a good filmmaker. The film itself is fine. And I actually, the only problem I have with this film is that it's Halloween three. Mm-hmm. Like it's a weird film, but I watch weird films all the time. It's just more that all of a sudden this became the third one that was supposed to be the start of an anthology. And then to the point that four became the return of Michael Myers. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're not going to do yeah, this they again. Had to. What, what could have followed up Halloween 2? You know, because obviously the idea was that they were going to get away from Michael Myers and turn it into a franchise based around Halloween. What could they have done that would have made audiences back then jump on board? Maybe if it was someone else from the mental institution, like if the universe was actually connected. Yeah, I was thinking. But they're not connecting this universe. They're calling Halloween a movie within this movie. Yeah, like I was thinking maybe like a mimic killer then. Somebody who's just. I'm saying I don't think that anything that they would have put out after Halloween 1 and 2, I don't think they could have like, so you might as well take big swings. I I agree. You're right. But it's more the fact that, that they that they decided to have two movies with Michael Myers 
before not having Michael Myers or having it involve him to be, at all. To be fair, John Carpenter didn't want to do two. He wrote it drunk because well, he, Wes, he did Wes not Craven want... didn't want a lot of the nightmare movies either. Yeah, but the people wanted it. Yeah, so the people wanted it, and he did it, and then he finally was like, no, I'm not going to. I'll just produce, and let's move past, and it didn't work, and so... If I, re- if I remember right, Stephen King doesn't remember writing Cujo either, but that's... He doesn't remember out. writing a lot of things a from lot a certain of, stretch. A lot of books. Yeah, cocaine yeah. and booze, yeah. Well, that's A question for, for you guys. We could stay positive, but... Um, I'm just curious, you know, cocaine and booze go. (laughs) That's a happy time franchise. The the Halloween franchise, you know, which one is like your favorite, Mm. and then which one is not so much your favorite. Uh, you know, honestly, Halloween H2O has been growing on me a lot more recently. Isn't that your Mm. favorite, or are we just talking which sequel is your favorite? It well, the original Halloween. I like just fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's my favorite bold, one anymore. Bold <laughs> statement. <laughs> it's not a lot happens. It's a lot of ringing phones and a lot of really long shots where nothing happens. We are going to get hate mail this week. <laughs> no, That's <just> okay. <laughs> it's what I like. Yeah, send it to me. Send it to me. Send it to me. That's fine. It doesn't bother me. You're like, you're wrong. Yeah, I am. And... <laughs> I'm okay with that. Okay. So H H two O is your favorite, or at least it's a rising uh, it, favorite. It's it's rising up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm liking it more. Minus uh, Mike Myers just being able to do that one arm pull up like without any like issue whatsoever. He gets a hey, little. He's a little more superhuman. If Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor can do it, so can Mikey. <laughs> I suppose Mikey's big though. Anyway, uh, you, what about you two? Like, is the original Halloween your favorites? Megan. Zena's gonna say resurrection. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we don't know. I mean, yeah, we wouldn't have an entire franchise without the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't, and like deflect off of that. Yeah. We have a whole new trilogy that is basically tethered to that for a specific mm. reason, uh, which I will kind of touch on a little bit later, but. Uh, I think the thing is, stylistically, score-wise, just everything about it is, I mean, by today's standards and by today's audience is probably a little slow, but it makes you care about uh, its core characters because they take Mm -hmm. the time to flesh out those ladies that were just minding their business. And then there's also details that you find upon rewatch that is rewarding for me personally. So for me, it's like, it's the obviously the first one is the pinnacle for me. I, I'm also a little, to be fair, I'm also a little bit biased in this because I did not like Halloween H2O when I first saw it in the theaters. And I think part of it is me rewatching it and being like, this is a lot better than I gave it credit for. So sometimes I have that recency bias too, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden, because if something started out pretty low in my mind and then I rewatch it, I'm like, I didn't give it enough credit. Like all of a sudden, like that probably elevates it higher than maybe necessary. But yeah, yeah. How about you, Zena? Well, wait, Megan, you didn't tell us like your least favorite. John didn't either. Oh, uh, well, what? Which one doesn't? Ha- I have to. Re- I have to rewatch them all. Right now, it's the one that Mike Myers wasn't actually in. Oh, 
Uh, oh wait, no, it's Resurrection. Resurrection's my least favorite. Okay. Honestly, there's a few that are kind of like I I have issues with some of the later ones. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm still mad at what they did to uh, Rachel in Part Five. I have a hard time getting on board with either cut of Part Six. No, I appreciate you cult of thorn aficionados but i think both mm-hmm. take some major missteps um and then resurrection like has its moments but it's also very silly so i feel like <laughs> I, I like the concept of resurrection yeah there's there's yeah, some bits there's... i like about it but overall it's like it's it's got some hokey characters that that sag it i i basically am like i'm a one through four and then after that we start like i don't know i don't know yeah it's Nina. Okay. No, I can Nina. understand that. No, I, I for me, favorite-wise, it's between four and five. I know five gets a lot of hate, but um, I really like four because I like four, Daniel Four Harris. is good. Yeah. Her, the, her... We're going to watch that next. I need to play catch up. It's been a long time since I've seen all Four these. has, like, the best, like, opening shots mm-hmm. of, like, October fall, too. But see, yeah. like, mm-hmm. five completely kind of destroys a lot of what I like about four. Yeah. And, and there's then... this one part and i'm not getting but it drives me nuts every time i see it it's like when she presents the costume like the friend who presents the costume to mm-hmm. daniel oh, harris is tina she does this really elongated awkward da 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 and it goes tina. on forever <laughs> and i'm like this is awkward stuff yeah. <laughs> but I think it's because I, I like those two because of uh, Daniel Harris. And plus, I've watched them back to back in like the late 90s when uh-huh. I was a kid. So I think that's why I was like really drawn to it. And that's then fair. least favorite, um, I'm not saying I, I hate it, but I'm just not a fan of Rob Zombies. I just couldn't like vibe at all. Like it just wasn't for me. But I do know people who, you know, they prefer that one over the first one, like his first one over the first one original john carpenter so yeah everybody's got favorites yeah for a second i thought we were recording a patreon bonus episode me too like it just just (laughs) we went all out starting to get all passionate if you if you want to get us rowdy then yeah it was xena xena did this i'm just saying like you like rowdy we get a little rowdier and argumentative (laughs) we do get a little rowdier yeah that some of the stuff i have to cut out Because okay, what did we, yes, what did we watch and how did we watch it? I was, <laughs> we are never moving on. Okay. I watched The Manor on Amazon Prime and I watched Dark Knight of the Scarecrow on Tubi. I watched The Loved Ones on the big screen, but it is available on Prime and The Lure on Criterion Channel. And I watched VHS 94 on Shudder, No One Gets Out Alive on Netflix, and Halloween 3 Season of the Witch on AMC+. Which he's got big thoughts on. I Evidently I do. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was the tequila on top of it last <laughs> night. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? All the things. Uh, super quick. I collaborated with uh, Super Yaki. That's superyaki.com for uh, Deborah Hill. Um, they just did a really huge uh, Halloween drop. And the short story is Jamie Blanks, the director of Urban Legends, tweeted back in April that um, he really misses Deborah Hill. She produced, co-wrote Halloween and did a lot of uh, production work throughout the years that she's this amazing for, you know, figure that died way too soon. So he tweeted this, that she vouched for him to get his visa so he could actually come from Australia over here to direct Urban Legends and just how much that meant. And he posted a picture of this letter with Deborah Hill's logo. Her, And so I asked Super Yaki if we could put that on a t-shirt. And they were like, yes, but it has to be a collaboration. And I said, okay, but then it has to have some proceeds go to cancer because it just feels... Fair. I don't own mm. her logo, so let's donate mm-hmm. that. Um, so, yeah, that's what's happening. And because it's uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month and because she uh, died from colon cancer, there's two charities. Um, the Orchid, so a lot of the sizes and, like, the Orchid version have sold out, but there are still some sizes. And restock is iffy, so if you want to jump on that, please do. And the Before. shirts are awesome. They are really cute. I'm happy with how they turned out. Uh, and they are unisex, so, like, it's not just for girls. Um, and then uh, some big, huge news. David Bruckner's Hellraiser for Hulu finds its pinhead. Uh, David Bruckner recently directed The Night House, and he helmed Netflix's The Ritual, and he executive produced uh, No One Gets Out Alive, and he's also been involved with anthologies VHS and Southbound. So, you know, basically, if you don't know who he is, you probably do, you just didn't know it. Anyways, he is directing Hulu's uh, feature film written by Ben Collins and Luke Petrowski. They also were the writers behind The Night House. So Hulu sent out a press release announcing that Sense8 actress Jamie Clayton is playing Pinhead in the new movie. And that was the biggest news that made waves across social media, obviously. But the, the, the quieter news is that it wrapped production. It's done filming. Wow. That's crazy. Right? So, yeah, the project is being described as a loyal yet evolved reimagining of Clive Barker's 1987 horror classic. And we've learned that Clive Barker is on board as producer. Uh, Originally created by Barker alongside Mark Toberoff, uh, they came on board as producers, joining Phantom Force David S. Goyer and Keith Levin. Uh, And... Yeah, Bruckner said, it's been such an honor to have Clive on board and help support and shepherd us through this incredible universe he created long ago. Combined with fearless and committed cast, including the amazing Jamie Clayton, who fully embodies the role as the Hell Priest, we're aiming to create a very special new chapter in the Hellraiser legacy. And Barker uh, added in the statement, having seen some of the designs from David Bruckner's new Hellraiser film, they pay homage to what the first film created, but then take it to places it's never been before. This is a Hellraiser on a scale I simply didn't expect. David and his team are steeped in the story's mythology, but what excites me is their desire to honor the original, even as they revolutionize it for a new generation. So, yeah, I, uh, it's one thing to have Clive Barker come on board as a producer, but it's totally a different thing to, to have such a bold approval. That's like Mm -hmm. a pretty big approval. Uh, and I love this casting. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, 
the reactions are kind of telling of who has and has not read Hellbound Heart, really. Yeah, isn't Hell, Hellbound Heart was a female Cenobite? Yeah. So I always thought it was, that's why that was so weird. People were up in arms. I'm like, so you're just mad because you think they're recasting Doug Bradley. Like Doug Bradley. Yeah. But this is definitely hearkening back to the original material. material. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't for know. All the, for all the trolls out there, they're like, you're changing the source material. No, no they're, you're not. They're digging into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that people were upset about that. Well, you know, so. That and everything else. Yeah. True. It's, it's the internet. <laughs> we're all mad. But yeah. So. I saw a lot of people mad about Midnight Mass, too. Oh, oh I, I saw that. Like, oh, like, calm. Like, oh. They don't understand the subject matter. What do you mean the subject matter? The subject matter is not real. That's not how it works. Like, no, yes, it does. It works any way they want it to because it's not real. (laughs) Or did you guys hear how people are saying that Mike Flanagan, he doesn't really do horror? It's not really horror. That's what someone said. It's not really horror. I logged off. I couldn't do it. (laughs) I'm sure every person that said he doesn't really do horror is a horror creator and filmmaker and novelist who does create horror all the time. So they're clearly experts in their genre. Fear is subjective, but that doesn't Mm -hmm. make it not horror. It just, maybe it's not scary to you, but it's still horror. Uh, I'm also of the more the merrier mindset. And uh, yeah. moving on to Resident Evil, welcome to this. Uh, rac- welcome to Raccoon City. Every time yeah. I I hear I read that or hear it, I'm gonna think of Welcome to the Jungle. I can't help <laughs> I myself. But anyways, uh, it does. The trailer dropped, and it does honor the video game's horror roots. Uh, Johannes Roberts, he did 47 Meters Down and The Strangers Pray at Night. He has been promising all along that he's going to bring this franchise back to its horror roots. Uh, it is headed to theaters on November 24th. What a great way to kick off like Thanksgiving with some Resident Evil. Mm. Um, yeah, it's said to kick off a new universe inspired by storylines and characters from Capcom's classic Resident Evil games. Well, the official trailer was unleashed, and it definitely does that. Uh, it is very much a survival horror movie based on the first two, well, and then some, really. I did a breakdown because the the trailer is a huge Easter egg and video game homage reference smorgasbord. Um, mm-hmm. The plot is Claire and Chris Redfield at the center. The, the film is documenting their attempts to take down the Sinister Umbrella Corporation. Uh, familiar locations, monsters, and moments from the original games are all over the trailer, uh, which looks like it primarily will take, uh, story-wise, um, take place from Resident Evil 2, which I won't recap because I'm pretty sure we've talked about it before. But I will say that if the domestic trailer that dropped last week drives you crazy, try the international trailer because the domestic trailer that we got really goes hard on fan service from the video games. Whereas the international trailer focuses on the movie story and presents like it it looks like if if you thought this was just a mashup of like fan service moments, the, 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 the international trailer is actually look it looks better. When you say that, that's kind of, yeah, it felt a little bit disjointed with, yeah, a little bit more random imagery. Like, you don't. Yeah, like, here's the classic shot of the first encounter of the zombie in the first video game. And here's the classic liquor encounter from part two. And, like, for me, as a huge, like, this is the one video game franchise that I still make a point in my life to play without Mm -hmm. fail. 
So I'm geeking out over these moments, but yeah, that you're like, well, what are, what are we doing here? But the international trailer is like, oh, here's the story. So it's interesting also to see how they market things in different markets, you know. It just looks so good. Yeah, not putting down the other movies, but it just looks different from the other ones. It yeah, this this looks very much like he did his homework and he worked close with Capcom to make a movie that we kind of expected in the first place. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, not knocking those in any way, I'm just very different, very close. Yeah. Uh and I won't talk much about this one, um, because I'm sure we are going to be talking about it extensively in the next coming months. But Scream marketing is heating up. Uh, we have, Yay. yeah, it's one of the most hotly anticipated movies on the horizon. Uh, Scream is returning to theaters on January 14th, 2022. The filmmaking team round uh, this time around includes uh, directors Matt Bettinelli Olpin and Tyler Gillette, as well as producer Chad Biea, the three members of the group known as Radio Silence, who did uh, Ready, or Not, Ready or Not. They've also been involved with uh, Southbound and VHS. Um, So by the time this episode drops, the trailer will have been unleashed into the world. Mm -hmm. So we are recording it on a Monday night. This trailer is coming tomorrow morning on Tuesday morning. All you lucky people that already have it in your lives and we have to wait. God, I'm so nervous. Uh, so yeah, but (laughs) we're not doing trivia, Zena. Yeah, we're not. She's going to start panicking. Um, but yeah. To hold us over for this very, very short wait, uh, we have an official poster that dropped. We have an official uh, first look images that gave us uh, iconic characters, a look at iconic characters, uh, City Prescott, Gail Weathers, Dewey Riley, and all of them obviously played by the original actors. Deputy Judy Hicks will be back. Hopefully so will her lemon bars. Um, and then we've got a whole bunch of new faces. Jenny Ortega's Tara, Melissa Barrera's Sam, Jack Quaid's Richie, Jasmine Savoy Brown's Mindy, Dylan Manette's Wes. Uh, yeah, so it's really cool. If you look at them, you will see that these character first look shots are direct homages to the original movie, too. So, yeah, I am very excited. And uh, I don't normally talk about booze that's john's domain so maybe this news is for john uh it is because i just set a google reminder for myself for this or yeah yeah okay so specifically for this with a little bit of luck when people listen to this i will already have bought one <laughs> because it's my reward for october yeah. oh there you go uh so paranormal reserve vodka it's aged in haunted locations a press release went out that <laughs> <laughs> it's so exciting. I'm not going to uh, get one. Was that a giggle? It was. I actually had to look and see if that was Zena. That was the job. That was, it was me. <laughs> it was me. Uh, then I am, the, the, including this in the roundup was worth it. Um, so yeah. press release went out for Harrigan Vodka. They explained that Paranormal Reserve includes only 60 limited edition bottles rested for seven mm. days in three of America's most haunted houses. The Basilica Axe Murder House, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, and the farm on the Round Top Road, which inspired the movie The Conjuring. Uh, if you need a little bit more information on these haunted houses, Iowa's Velisca Axe Murder House, the site of a horrifying 1912 murder, is set to be haunted by the spirits of the victims who are yearning for justice. 
Uh, so the bottles there are placed in the attic or were placed in the attic or will be. I'm not sure at what point that they sit there in these haunted houses. Um, the lunatic asylum is declared one of the most haunted locations in America by national geographic once housed 2,400 patients. It is said to have shadowy figures roaming the halls and, uh, definitely attracts tourists and, the bottles were placed in the lobotomy room, where as many as oh 900 gosh. people were tragically lobotomized in the 50s. And then the farm has been the site of intense paranormal activity and once housed the infamous Annabelle doll. The bottles rested here will be placed in the most paranormal sites of the house, including seance room, basement, and upstairs bedroom. They will be These bottles will be packaged in an engraved wooden box. Each will come with a hand-numbered leather tag indicating which house it rested. And additional accessories include gloves to handle the bottle with care, as well as information on the history of the house, its paranormal activity, and where each bottle was placed. The 88-proof vodka will be available for purchase in select NYC liquor stores who will offer national shipping starting October 13th. The price tag is steep. It's $140 per bottle. But you can find more details at paranormalreserve.com. Because I tie everything back to horror, and this is horror-related, I instantly started thinking of Poltergeist 2 with uh, the dad drinking the tequila worm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, what happens? Do you drink a shot of vodka and your belly gets haunted? I don't know. But which, <laughs> which, which one are you going to get, John? It wouldn't be the first time my belly got haunted by drinking vodka. <laughs> So, so it's a, it's a I don't normal know, day. Because it, it's, a, it's a surprise, right, when you order I it? I guess it is. Like, I guess it is. But which one would you cool. want? Uh, I'm, I'm good with any of them, okay. honestly. I mean, the fact that there's only like 60 of them for sale, the Means likelihood that they're going to go, get one is, I know. They're going to be gone immediately. I'm going to wish someone's going to buy them all and put them on eBay Oh, or don't flip. <laughs> Flippers are the worst. John, that was the happiest I've ever seen you. When I know. Was telling you. <laughs> I know. I love stuff like that. My... Look, I refinanced my house this week, and I had to sign it with my Evil Dead 2 cabin pen. Oh, so... Like, I actually had to... Of course, I had to ask my wife. I'm like, are you okay if I sign it with this? That's She's like, yeah, cool. wh why, why not? I'm like, because I don't want you to think I'm, like, haunting our mortgage or <laughs> something. Aww. Instead, you're just going to haunt the liquor cabinet. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll keep it in my office with all my other haunted Aww. stuff. I, I really it's hope fine. you get one. I do, too. I, I I did message them to see what time they go on sale because if they go on sale like at midnight, I'm I'm just not gonna get it. Did I'm you be asleep? Did but... you get a response yet or no? No, I just I just messaged them on Instagram. Oh, okay. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. All right, listeners, your turn. Happy that you already have the new scream trailer in your life. Confused by what John sounds like when he giggles? <laughs> Let's hear about it. <laughs> the number is two two four four seven five one zero four zero. The number is also in the show notes. Or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail dot com. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? Guys, we're continuing on with October. It's crazy, so crazy. Everything is coming at our eyeballs. All the stuff. Yeah, it's a busy week. Trick or treat. Yes, but besides from bloody disgusting TV. Okay, Yay. we have some movies that are coming out in series. Uh, the first one we'll talk about uh, coming out Tuesday. So by the time, obviously, this episode aired, you know, tell us what you think. Chucky, it'll be premiering on Sci-Fi in the USA Network at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it serves as a sequel to Cult of Chucky from 2017. And that's the seventh film in the franchise. So just in case if you guys are interested in checking it out. Also, Bad Candy 
It'll be available on DVD. And this one is very fitting for the season. On Halloween night in New Salem, Massachusetts, two radio DJs tell twisted tales of terrifying local myths that may lead to a local grim end for the small residents. Okay, so we're still going. Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday the 13th, uh, Fever Dream, it will be available on Netflix. So a woman named Amanda lies stricken far from home. And a young boy named David questions her, trying to make her remember. She's not his mother. He's not her son. As her time is running out, he helps her unravel a powerful haunting story of, a, of obsessive jealousy and invisible danger in the power of a mother's love for her child. Um, I recommend checking out the trailer because I think that they, it pieces it better together. It took me a while to actually find like a synopsis that was fitting. So, um... Also, on Thursday the 14th, The Medium will be available on Shudder. And this one is a horrifying story of a shaman's inter inheritance in the Isan region of Thailand. What could be possessing a family member might not be the goddess they make it out to be. This one looks like it's going to be really cool. And then on Friday the 15th, Halloween Kills. Ah! <laughs> It'll be available in theaters and also on Peacock. So you guys know what this one is about. You know, the nightmare isn't over. Michael is so tired, okay? And he wants to fight somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, kill somebody. A <laughs> accurate, accurate, yeah. Um, we also have Day of the Dead. Uh, this series premieres on Sci-Fi at 10 p.m. Eastern Eastern Standard Time. It follows a group of strangers trying to survive the first 24 hours of an undead invasion in their small town. So this one gives a nod to Romero's famous flesh eaters and reminds us that sometimes all it takes to bring people together is a horde of hungry zombies trying to literally rip them apart. Then we also have on Friday, I Know What You Did Last Summer, the series, it'll be available on Amazon. So teenagers are stalked by a mysterious killer a year later um after a fatal accident on the night of their graduation so the first four episodes will be available immediately and then the rest you can watch weekly and we're not done so um i was gonna say but wait there's more you know okay. <laughs> for like scary movie i got you yeah <laughs> but we have two more um movies to look forward to on saturday so Saturday the 16th, Slumber Party Massacre will be premiering on Sci-Fi. You can watch it on Saturday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then again on Sunday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this one is the reimagining of the 1982 slasher film, just in case if you're interested in checking it out. And last and certainly not least, Escape Room Tournament of Champions will be available on DVD. Boom! It's like five so, major franchises returning. It's crazy. So hopefully y'all can find something to watch. Yes. <laughs> and if not, Blood Disgusting TV. Always. And that's a Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my daily horror narration podcast, Creepy, all through October. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, or feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on Patreon.com slash BeDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.